Hi, I'm David Stoker, and I want to welcome you to the Better Life and Recovery hashtag Hope Dealer Movement podcast. As a visible and vocal member of the recovery community since 2009, I'm frequently asked questions and for advice from people all the time. Some are curious, some are still using, some are in recovery, and some people just care about somebody who's currently struggling with a hurt habit or hangout. If people in my community have those questions, I guarantee that people everywhere are looking for answers as well. We started this podcast to give you answers and support because not only is recovery real, it is amazing. Hope you enjoy the show. Alrighty then, welcome to today's podcast. Today I am sitting here with Josh. Say hi, Josh. What's up, world? How is everybody? Hope you guys are doing great as we are coming out of this quarantine life. And me and Josh are going to be uh, talking to you a little bit today about a book that I think both of us are kind of in the middle of reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, Josh, have you read this before? I have not read it before. In fact, I got it, the idea from you, and I ordered it on Amazon, and it showed up uh, earlier last week. Alrighty then. Uh, this is a book that I think a lot of people listening to this may have read. If you haven't, check it out. I think there's some really good insight in there. Uh, the name of the book is... The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And basically, it is based off of old Toltec wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toltecs, uh, I'm pretty sure, were a like one of those Central American Indian tribes. Yeah. Yep, they were. I think of them along the lines of like Incans, Aztecs, Mayans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't say that to offend anybody who may be Incan, Mayan. No, they were all in that, that same same area. Kind of like that Mesoamerican. Yep. But anyway, I mean, these were some of the great cultures. I mean, yeah. back then, I've had a, the opportunity to do some really cool things, like go to Chichen Itza and some of those. Oh, I've did? always wanted to see pyramids. Yeah. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to go to Egypt, oh. but I was able to go to Chichen Itza, which was really cool. And then they have these things called cenotes, which are like these water. They're, oh, they're amazing. Uh, like, it's like a hole in the ground. There's like a big hole in the ground, and then uh-huh. you look down, and it's just all water. That's crazy. So you got to see a pyramid? Did you get to like yeah. touch one? Like, uh, we got to stand up next to it what? and yeah, do all that cool stuff. That's so awesome. It was really neat. But but yeah, I mean, they were in some ways far advanced, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, as uh, compared to like their European counterparts. Right. You know, I mean, we, we, we came over here thinking that we were going to show all these great things. Right. And we had people coming over that bathed twice a week. You know, uh-huh. uh, cologne was actually not invented to make you smell um, good. It was invented to make you smell better because they would use it to uh-huh. overwhelm, huh. you know. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Not just uh, to mention, like, I've always said it would suck in our family for uh-huh. my daughter uh-huh. uh, because of the way they used to bathe. Uh-huh. I mean, you only bathe twice a week. That's I mean, uh, right. Twice a month, maybe uh-huh. once a month. Uh-huh. And when you do that, yeah. Yeah. And when you do that, it's all the same bath water. Whoa. So dad would go first, <laughs> and then mom, oh, and then no. it would go in order from oldest to youngest child. All the dirty water. So my poor daughter oh. would have to bathe after her big brubba, after oh. my wife, and after me. That'd be rough. And, and I'm telling you now, if I don't bathe for a couple days, You're talking once it, or it's twice no a month. bueno. Yeah. Now imagine not bathing for two weeks or a <laughs> month, and then all that muck I need some coming blood. off. No so doubt. I know we've gotten way off the point, but anyway, well, yeah, um, bathing. but this is just my way of saying, you know, we came over here and we, you know, I, I in very small, very small portion. Yeah. Um, my great grandma is full blooded Cherokee. So, oh, wow. So it just makes me grandpa's half. My mom's a quarter. So I guess I'm an eighth Cherokee. Oh, wow. Which you could never really right. tell by looking at me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe you. Well, yeah. Why wouldn't you like, they used to call my grandpa red man, but, but I, uh-huh. 
I don't know. Now I feel like I'm justifying saying something racist, but you know, <laughs> I don't think uh, so at all. That's so uh, some of my friends are Native American. Yes, <laughs> um, that's awesome. You know, not really, yeah. but but I say that to say I wasn't trying to say anything offensive. No, I don't think um, but we all. came over and we talked about savages when we uh-huh. came over from Europe, and actually, in a lot of ways, they were way more civilized. Yeah. than the people who came over. Right. And, you know, and they had a lot of esoteric wisdom uh-huh. that they used in their lives. And that's something that I think uh, you didn't see a lot of. It was Native American, Eastern was right. a lot of esoteric. Uh-huh. And then you had uh, a lot of uh, Old and New Testament, which mm-hmm. came with. Right, right. Well, you had a lot of a church to Old and New Testament out of that, out of that, that era then. Yes. So, and back then, I think it was very legalistic. Yeah, very much so. You know, that was before you know Martin Luther nailed the ninety nine thesis on the door or anything like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. If you didn't go to church, you know, like Spain. I mean, if you didn't go to church, they would like kill you and take your property and give it to uh, the Roman Catholic Church. Do you think we could institute that again, or it's probably not going to happen? Um, probably not going to happen. <laughs> oh dang it! Thank God. <laughs> but I was sick. I'm sorry. Nope, nope, <laughs> You're I'm giving us all your land. <laughs> And we're probably going to kill you, too. So anyway, um, I joke, but the Four Agreements, I think, is a really unique way of looking at a couple rules to apply to your life. Mm-hmm. And I think this really works in recovery also. Yes, you know, absolutely. Um, as always, we talk about a lot of things on here under the guise of talking about uh, recovery support. Right, right. But in all honesty, I think that most things that we use for recovery support are really just what most people need to be a good individual. Yeah. yeah. And, you, you know, and contrary to popular belief, you can be a good individual and still be actively using drugs. I, absolutely. And I think you say it all the time that we're all recovering from something. It doesn't, not all of us are drugs and alcohol, but we're all recovering from something. So yeah, these, I think these absolutely apply to anybody and everybody, but you, especially if you apply them to where we are at in the, in the recovery world, these are amazing. Yeah, because I mean, part of recovery based on that SAMHSA definition is living a self-fulfilled life and striving to reach my full potential. Mm-hmm. And I think that these are a couple of things that are, that there's a couple of things that are talked about, uh, mm-hmm. four things in particular, well, exactly. that are talked about in the four agreements, the four agreements yeah. <laughs> um, that uh-huh. might help us attain a better life. Yeah. Right. And, and that I it might agree. help us reach our reach our full potential. Yeah. And it's our full potential. And I think that's a big thing that you're going to see as we talk about this or here, as we talk about this, this book talking about our full potential. What is our best? And uh, not trying to do more or less, but what is our best? Yeah. And it's not your best. Mm-hmm. My best isn't your best. Right. Exactly. You know, uh, your best isn't my best. Right. Your best isn't my wife's best. Right. My exactly. best is my wife's best. Obviously, a lot of times it, it we're going to look at how we... We gauge things based on, you know, what they talk about in the book is a dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, they basically say that everybody has their own dream. Mm. And in your dream, it's created by all of the things that you're taught and that you learn. Right. So it's sculpted by your parents, uh-huh. by the religion you were raised in mm-hmm. or lack of religion that you were raised right. in. Um, it's uh, school, mm. the country that you uh, grow up in, right. even the part of the country, because I would be willing to bet there's a different dream in, say, New York City, yeah, um, say the Bronx, uh-huh. than there is in Aurora, Missouri. Right. I mean, total difference. Yeah. You know, and you got Southwest Missouri versus Los Angeles, Los Angeles versus New York. It's just, it's all different. Right. It is. So all those things kind of create our reality, mm-hmm. which they call a dream in this. Hmm. And that reality uh, may have some, it may have some very, very, uh, well, it might have a lot of false concepts. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Because unfortunately, what do they say? Uh, Reality is perception. Yep. 
So in perception is reality. Mm -hmm. So if I perceive something as being a certain way, I might even create that reality. Yeah. And that's what it talks about is um, kind of here. We've taken all these things to create our dream, Mm -hmm. but our dream may not be a true reality. You know, there may be things in our dream that are hurting us, that are holding us back, that are holding us down. Yeah. And some, some relatively simple things, maybe not always easy, but relatively simple things that we could point out and say, Hey, maybe this is not really reality. I think about uh, the movie Inception. Do you remember that movie where he'd go into the dreams and he would try to plant thoughts into people's minds with Leonardo DiCaprio and like the way he would tell he was in a dream or not, he would have that top and he would spin it on a table. And if the top stopped spinning, he knew that he was in reality and, and not in a dream. And so same time in our life, there's some, some of those tests, some of these things, maybe we go through these four agreements. What is that top that's spinning in your life? What, what things are really true that you can hang your life on? And to jump back to the Toltecs, um, so uh, it's actually, uh, they were from southern Mexico, mm-hmm. and they were known throughout Mexico as women and men of knowledge. Anthropologists have spoken as of the nation or race mm-hmm. as scientists and artists who formed a society to explore and conserve spiritual knowledge and practices of the ancient ones. How cool is that? Wow. You know. Yeah. So it says they actually came together at Tijuana. Um, which is the ancient city of pyramids outside Mexico City, known as the place where man becomes God. Wow. So, Tense. Ooh, they even use the word esoteric. Woohoo! Wow. I, I bet I, I sounded like smart earlier. <laughs> you absolutely did. Man. I, I was Googling it. I'm right like, there, I was right when I said esoteric <laughs> knowledge. That's awesome. Oh. So, what we're talking about is creating a new way of life. Mm-hmm. And what they say is that it will be apparent that you've created a new way of life mm-hmm. because of the happiness and love that you have. That is the markers to which right. to measure by. Hmm. Because at the end of the day, the real us is pure love and pure light. In Jesus' name. Oh, I, I think, yeah, Yeshua Bar Yosef even kind of <laughs> said, uh, Yeshua Ben Yosef, my yes. bad, actually said something like that. Really? Yes, God is love. But it also said that they would know us by what? Hmm. By our judgment? By how we ridicule people? Um, by the fish on our shirts? <laughs> no, no, by the ichthys on the back of our car. <laughs> oh, it's the fish on the back of our bumper. Right, right. They're like, oh yeah, that's so that's a what a Christian is. Yeah, he's going to cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> and he might even flip me <laughs> off after he does it. Um, I think it says they will know us by the love that we have for one another. Exactly. And that's kind of what they're talking about here, too, mm-hmm. is having that love. Uh-huh. So basically, uh, it's us realizing that we've been, uh, the book says we've been domesticated, kind yeah, of like an yeah, animal, I was, I was reading a bit. where uh, basically we have been given rewards, kind of like you do with a dog or a cat. Hmm. Oh, good like, boy, you, you fetched that. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. you know, and that basically is what we do with uh-huh. our kids. I uh-huh. mean, you have kids. Right. And when we raise our kids, we it's... give them rewards and accolades when they do something right. Mm, right. And when they don't, then, you know, there's some form of consequence. What do we do with pets? Right. Because we want them to act the way we want them to act. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, if I bring up my child to be exactly like me, is that allowing that kid to actually have freedom to be who they were meant to be? Wow. Wow. I don't believe we were all created to be the same. We may right. be equal. Yeah. What do they say? Separate but equal? Yeah. You know, uh, we definitely are separate but yeah. equal because everybody has their own skills. They do. You all know. unique. All, all have a different purpose, I believe. And, uh, you know, and how does that flesh out in our life it's not going to come from having to do everything exactly the same right i mean some people are athletes mm-hmm. uh like uh me and uh, uh what is his name um 
the other guy that ruptured his Achilles, uh, Kevin. Brad Pitt? In, no. In Troy? No, it's a basketball player. Um, <laughs> oh, Kevin Durant? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Kevin Durant. Yeah, you guys are exactly Me and Katie, the same. Uh, right. we're athletes. <laughs> you know, we play basketball, we rupture our Achilles. Yes, I get some that. people are athletes. Um, uh-huh. Some people are artists. Some people are musicians. Right. And, you know, it's amazing. I mean, we used to literally uh, punish people mm-hmm. for writing with their left hand because it was seen as a sign of evil. Think about that. My right. daughter's left handed. Right. You know, which is weird. I'm not left-handed. My wife's not left-handed. And I, the first time I saw her throw, I was like, man. She's a lefty. I wish she didn't have the vision problem she yeah. had because we need lefties pitching. Yeah, absolutely. You know? um, so, you know, to me, that was exciting. But back mm-hmm. in the day, we would literally punish that attribute mm-hmm. out of somebody. Right. What what attributes are we still punishing out today? Oh, my gosh. And yeah, uh, creativity. I mean, how many people are like, you are you know, talk to their kids and they want their kids to grow up and be hard? hardworking and right. have this ethic where maybe that kid's an artist or a musician, mm-hmm. you know, and they're abiding by the wrong agreements. Yeah. I think of that old, uh, Oh, uh, the guy that did the song, the streak. Um, he's got a place in Branson. Anyway, uh, he has a song, uh, about the pirates of Penzance, you know, and they're like, we're going to rob and pillage and do this. And he's like, what do you want to do? And he's like, uh, I want to sing and dance. I want to, you know. <laughs> yes. Um, uh-huh. Obviously, that guy is like, I'm not fit to be a pirate. I mean, I uh, love the buckles right. and everything. It makes me look good. But man, I was born to sing and dance. Uh-huh. Right? So in the dream that we create for that reality that we create for people in our lives, mm-hmm. sometimes we take away the very essence of who they are. You know, and we punish who they are out of them or we reward them to be something mm. that they weren't born to be. Oh, so good. Ray Stevens. Yeah, Ray Stevens. Mm. Thank you. you bet. Um, so, so, yeah. So, we've got to look at those things yeah. and say, are you really, uh, is this who you really are or are mm-hmm. you just pretending to be something so that you could be good enough to gain my favor? Right, exactly. To gain acceptance maybe in the community that you live in. Right. Because maybe you live in a community where the way that you feel mm-hmm. your reality is, mm-hmm. is runs completely contrary. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. a Christian in an atheistic community or an atheist in a Christian community right. or maybe a Muslim that lives mm-hmm. in... Southwest Missouri. Right. Yeah. You know, because we really are the buckle of the Bible belt. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, uh-huh. and here I have, I believe this, but can I really latch onto that? Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's, you know, um, man, I, my parents were Jehovah's Witnesses when I was mm-hmm. a little kid. Probably right. part of the reason I became atheist. Uh-huh. Nothing right. against. I just, I couldn't live my life that way. Right. And, uh, you know, I can't imagine being like a gay Jehovah's Witness. Right. And just... If I come out, then I'm going to lose all of my friends. I'm going to be ridiculed. I'm going to be kicked out of the church. I'm going to be right. disfellowshipped. Right. So I have to pretend to be something that I may not right. be. Right. I right. see the same thing in recovery houses uh, where you may have all faith-based recovery houses and mm. you have somebody who's LBGT, right. Q, whatever, you know, right. where they're lesbian, trans, and they can't come out mm. because of the ridicule they'll face from everybody that they live in a house with mm-hmm. and because of the way people will treat them. Yeah. I feel that we're called to treat people with love regardless. I think so. And I think the four agreements really line up really well with all of that. Yeah. What you just said right there. Yeah, for sure. I um, I think that it is so true. And, it, and, it, and I think a lot of it is um, this idea of um, one of these agreements, which I don't want to get into yet. What, we start pretending to be what we are not just to please, uh, please others, to be good enough for someone else. We pretend to be what we are not because we are afraid of being rejected. So we, so the, the fear of being what we are 
is, is a greater fear um, than actually being rejected. The fear of being rejected becomes the fear of not being good enough. That, that fear of rejection keeps us from being who we really are. That's how strong that fear can be in our life. You yeah. know? And how do we So, how do we, how do so we here, I can't be who I actually am. I'm just going to be this person that mm-hmm. I think you want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in the dream that I've created, the person I am is not worth worthy. Mm. Yep. Um, and uh, in order for my dream to be happy, because I'm predicating it not on my happiness, but on your approval, mm-hmm. I become something that I'm really not. Right. I love that. I mean, and yeah. how many people do that? How many people use drugs today or have chaotic misuse of drugs today right. uh-huh. because I couldn't be who everybody wanted me to be? Yeah, that was you me know? to XT. I mean, I talk all the time about the fact that, you know, I you know, I was addicted to drugs, whatever was going on there, but I was more than that, I was an escape artist. Whatever I could do to escape who I was. I just didn't want to have to deal with it because I couldn't face it, you know? So uh, we just had a little break. We had a sushi, which I love. Uh, that was delivered, so good, right? Oh, wait. D- delivered to my apartment, and it wasn't for us. So <laughs> Wrong apartment. Anyway, so if it seems like we're a little confused, we had to stop and starting back up. Yeah. And I don't want to mislead you guys by being like, hey, we're always this disorganized. We are. We are. Absolutely, we are. We are. Squirrel? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. What? Yeah. There's a squirrel. Where? I did not see the squirrel. Well, let's sing a song. So basically, we have written a book of truth in mm-hmm. our dream, and whatever mm-hmm. is in that book is our law that we mm-hmm. live by. And we base all of our judgments, all of our actions, all of our right and wrong, mm-hmm. and how we perceive others based off of our book of law. Mm. Right? Right. Um, even if that book of law goes against our true feelings, we will still make it a fact because we're trying to appease the people, places, and things in our life. So whatever agreements we came to. Yes. Hmm. So, so we have this judge that judges everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it says that then we have the victim. And the victim carries the blame, the guilt, and the shame. It's a part of us that says, poor me, I'm not good enough, not intelligent enough, not right. smart enough, not right. good looking enough. Uh-huh. I am not worthy of love, poor me. Uh-huh. And then the, there's another part of us that goes, yep, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and now all of a sudden I've created my own misery. Uh-huh. Because of this book. So, and, and it goes on to say that we feel comforted, right? By? Um, we feel comforted even if it goes against our nature because we at least have a, a set, some, set rules. Yes, yeah. Something. Right? Yes. I don't know. Mm. Bonjo, give me something to believe in, right? <laughs> oh, actually, that's poison. Poison, yes. There's a, yes. Yeah. So, mm. so we have this thing that we can believe in and it comforts me even if I don't really believe it. Uh-huh. Right. But it's what I've been taught and what everybody else around me does, right? Uh-huh. So say that person that grows up. I mean, I've had people tell me, well, I mean, everybody does math. And I'm like, really? And they're like, well, yeah. I mean, my grandparents taught my parents how to cook. My parents sure. taught me how to cook. My mom does it. My dad does it. My mm-hmm. aunts, my uncles, my big, my brothers, my sisters. Everybody. We do math. Everybody right. I know does math. Uh-huh. And that's acceptable. Right. And they start seeing other people not doing it, living these lives that they're not able to have. Mm-hmm. But yet I'm comforted because this is the world I know. Right. This is my reality, and yeah. I'm okay with my reality. Right. Even if it makes you miserable. Yes. Yes. You know, I we drove by, a, we, I was driving by a trailer park uh-huh. with uh, some people, and they're like, man, I know somebody that said he used to live there. Uh-huh. I bet he was miserable. And I was like, really? Because I've been really happy uh-huh. before when I've lived in a trailer park, uh-huh. and I've been miserable when I've lived in a $200,000 home. Right. Yeah, me too. You I know. get that. Yeah. So... 
so other some people in their world, mm-hmm. it's money and that's their reality. And uh-huh. they were brought up, oh well, you live in a house, you're good. If you don't live in a house, you live in trailer, you're trailer trash. Uh, right. You're not good. You can't be happy. How could you possibly be happy if you don't have stuff? Right. And then how much stuff is enough? And yeah, just a, it's an endless pit. Right. So. So we carry blame, guilt, and shame if we don't live up to the laws that yes. we've created. And can we truly live up to the laws and the rules if they're not really something that we want to do, but it's something that we've been forced into doing? Right. We've been domesticated yeah. into doing. All right. Even for the, maybe we want to do them, but we just can't for whatever reason. You know, you add that into the, into the mix, you know. You want to do it, and I can't do it, and I keep failing, and it just beats yourself up for it. Guilt, shame. And what was the third one you put in there? There was guilt, shame, and regret. Guilt, shame, uh, blame. Blame. Guilt, shame, blame. Yeah. Guilt, shame, blame, and shame and blame. You should have been able to remember blame, it rhymes, or shame. Come on, man. <laughs> guilt, it shame, blame. Guilt, shame, blame. That's hard to say through notes fast. Except I think they did blame, guilt, shame. Blame. But anyway, whatever. This is It's your reality. This is my dream. <laughs> it's your dream, man. Dream <laughs> it the way you want it. to. Do not let me tell you anything's wrong with your, your dream. No. But they also talk about a concept at the very beginning that I really liked, and that was true justice. Mm-hmm. Um, they say true justice is making amends, paying for something that you did wrong Mm -hmm. once. Mm. But they said, based on our dream and because of shame and guilt and blame. Ah, yeah. I remember Uh it because it rhymed. Uh Um, That because of those, we pay for the things we do wrong multiple times. Right. Those mistakes that we make, we pay for over and over and over again. And then somebody else is Uh like, oh, remember that time that you blah, blah, blah. And then it brings it up all over again Mm -hmm. for a whole new cycle. So the question that they ask is how many times do we make our parents, our kids, our friends pay for the mistakes that they've Mm -hmm. already paid for because we reminded them of it. We brought it up later. When the truth is, if it's done, it's done. Done. Right. You know, I've done couples counseling before, and Uh I remember telling a couple this. uh, You're going to talk about all the problems that you have while you're here in this office today. Mm. We're going to hash it out. Right. And if you can't do that and Uh then leave it here, Uh then this isn't going to work for you. Mm. Because there's some big things you guys need to work on. And if you can't let the other person get those out and and yet when you leave here, continue to throw those things at them. Yeah. Including some things you might not have even known about because you guys are going to be in here being right. honest with each right. other. Yeah. Because that's what that's what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, a lot of people were gro- were brought up with the fairy tale, mm-hmm. and the truth is that fairy tale doesn't happen for a lot of people because we have this reality that's right. been created that maybe we can't live up, up to. Right at all. Yeah. You know, I thought it was supposed to be super easy. I didn't uh-huh. realize this was going to be work. To heck with this. I'm out. Yeah. Deuces. Exactly I'm right. bouncing. Yeah. Right. And I, I think like, like you're talking about people come out of that counseling and immediately they, they start bringing that past up again. And it's, it's this idea, I think of a scripture that talks about when we are forgiven, God takes our sins and he casts them as far away as the east is from the west. The whole idea of forgiveness is there is no more guilt, blame, or shame. Well, well, that's, you know, um, it, it's kind of weird how we're talking esoteric Easter oh, philosophy yeah. and now uh, we're talking about uh, Central American, South American, uh-huh. Native American uh well, I guess just South American, Central American, Indian yeah, right. uh, philosophy and belief. And now we're talking about Christian belief. Uh-huh. Um, I believe that the children are future. No, but seriously, um, I believe. It's true, though. It is. They are. <laughs> right. And God help us right, because man. we are giving them jacked up dreams. Um, uh-huh. The dream that they're creating is no bueno. Six feet distance. <laughs> 
<laughs> that may be one of the smartest things we're, we're telling them. <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I think that there's a lot of things that we can learn mm-hmm. from other belief systems mm-hmm. and other philosophies. Absolutely. I agree. You know, um, and in, in that I had a point that I was going to bring it. What did you just say? We're talking about forgiveness. And I just think that that's forgiveness more, is yes, more than saying is. sorry. <laughs> forgiveness. Sorry. It's a great movie. That's uh, what you're, you're saying is that you mess up and you move on and you forgive, you forgive yourself, you forgive, you get rid of that guilt, blame and shame. Cause if you don't, you're going to continue to go back to and beat yourself up over and over again. And it's hard, mm-hmm. you know, um, to there's this word absolve mm, that's good. and absolve means not only do I forgive you, but it's like it never happened. Yeah. And as humans, it's very hard for us to truly absolve somebody. Right. I can forgive you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like uh, say somebody were to hurt my kid. Yeah. I might forgive them at some point in the future for hurting my child, mm-hmm. but I may never allow them to be in a position where they could hurt my child again. Hmm. Because I don't think we can truly absolve people as humans. I can never forget that that thing was done. Right. And it makes it different. So so absolution is something that I don't think we can do, but I think we can live the best life. And that's part of what the four agreements are all right. about, mm-hmm. is learning how to live the best life possible so that we can have a, a, a life that's full of love and yeah. happiness. Yeah. Because yeah. I think, I don't know, I mean, I see it. A little differently, but I think it's because I love what I do. And if you don't love what you do, then maybe you need to be doing whatever you love. Right, yeah. Because I don't think you're ever going to be able to attain your full potential mm-hmm. if you dislike what you're doing. Right. But I always say, if you're living your life to make yourself better and to help the people around you become better, you're doing something right. I agree. And it's a contentment. The idea of being content where you're at, not always discontent and trying to get this or that. And uh, that idea of contentment. How do you get there? And I, I believe the four agreements, I, I love them. So. Yeah, but that's my... That would be my dream. Oh. My dream, my reality is me saying, hey, if you're not living your life that way, you're living your life wrong. But oh. the truth is a lot of people aren't living whoa, their life whoa, that whoa. way. No, it's bomb. And they're probably not living their life wrong. <laughs> right. They're just living it differently than the way I live my life. Uh-huh. That doesn't make it wrong or right. That makes it their reality. Mm. And that's been the thing that's been kind of difficult about reading this book yeah. is I like to put people in boxes. Right. This is exactly what worked for me. This is how I think this is the way it should be. Obviously, because I... It works for me. Yeah. I mean, it took me long enough to realize that there were multiple pathways to recovery because right. I used to think people needed to get abstinent right. the way that I found recovery, uh-huh. right? Well, I guess I said that backwards. People needed to find recovery the way I found it, which was through abstinence. And of mm. course, mine is faith-based. Uh-huh. But I was also accepting of 12 steps and stuff right. like that as long as somebody was abstinent. Uh-huh. And then I started meeting people who were prescribed medication who had these amazing lives. Mm. And I met some people who used to be active heroin and methamphetamine users that now were living really good lives. They were mm. successful. They had, mm. you know, um, they were employed. They were raising their kids. They were good parents. They were right. good significant others, good sons, good daughters, good brothers, good uh-huh. sisters. And they smoked weed or they right. drank. And and at first that blew my mind because mm. I was like, well, wait a minute. You can't mm. do that. Wow. And what? Yeah. But that was me, once again, imprinting my reality. Mm-hmm. Because I look at it, and it's, say you have somebody who's shooting heroin every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, we'll even look at it in a harm reduction aspect. Right. Imagine we have somebody, and in my reality, uh-huh. shooting heroin, we'll, we're just going to say shooting heroin bad. Yep. Bad. Right? If you shoot heroin, bad. Yep. And you need to stop shooting heroin. Yes. Now, imagine I have somebody who is no longer uh, sharing syringes. Uh-huh. and reusing syringes, but instead they're going to a syringe access site and right. they're getting sterile syringes. They're not endangering uh-huh. themselves. Um, 
it took me a long time to realize that that was a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Steps in the right direction are awesome. Right. And I think I hear you say this every so often that dead people don't find recovery. And so, yeah. So situations like that to where they have access to a a clean syringe. Yeah. Yeah, I recently read something uh, and it was this question. You went to school, Mm. right? High school. Yeah. We'll go high school. Yeah. Yeah, You went to high school. Um, did you make a hundred on every assignment, every test, every quiz? Don't know if I ever made a hundred. Okay. Well, oh, never. I don't know that I ever did. Okay. So, so if you didn't make a hundred, then you failed, right? No. 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 You didn't. No. So, so you still have passing grades. Yeah, they were pa- they were great. They were yeah. They were, okay. Yeah. Grades. You're graded. Yeah, you're graded with recovery. There yeah. is no grade. Pass or fail. Pass fail. Uh, imagine having to make a hundred percent on every single thing you did. And if you mm. didn't, then you were considered a failure. Mm. You have to sell to every single person you call on the phone. Every single person that walks, say you're in sales. Yeah. Every person that steps into our store, they have to walk out with the biggest, best package. And if they don't, then you're fired. It's impossible. You're on the phone. Every person that you call that you, uh, gets auto dialed on your phone, you have to sell this package to. And if you don't sell a package to every single person you talk to, you're then fine. you're not going to work here anymore. Would anybody have a job? No. No. The first time I ran something wrong back when I was waiting tables, the first time that I put something in wrong, the first yeah. time that I ran food to the wrong table, yeah. Uh, yeah. the first time that I dropped a tray. Right. Fire. Yeah. That's what we do with people uh, that have a substance use disorder Mm. is they are either perfect. And I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody that's perfect. I I knew one guy who was a few thousand years ago. He lived though, but that's the only one I know of. Yeah. Yeah. I even heard he walked on water. I walked on water. Yeah. I heard he went to when I was playing hockey. (laughs) I heard you tell me that story about walking on water. Anyways. But yeah, but that is the unrealistic expectation that we have for recovery. And Mm -hmm. then people hear things like, well, I guess you just didn't want it bad enough. Right. Well, I guess, you know, you made a 99. Sorry, fail. <laughs> I guess you didn't want it bad right. enough. You didn't really want to pass this class. Yeah. I mean, I think of my going to college and grad school. Uh-huh. If I would have had to get 100 on every single thing, um, I wouldn't have gone to college or grad school. No way. I mean, so no, if no that's way. the unrealistic expectation, the dream uh-huh. that we create for people because right. we create this reality uh-huh. and you have these knuckleheads um, these marketers, uh, body brokers. Yes, body brokers. And I won't get into their names or anything. Yeah. Uh, but I might think about it at one point <laughs> or another. Uh, that's right. not something we're going to talk about now. But uh, there's a lot of people out there that are listened to because they have tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of followers on Facebook, right. and they're these social media magnets, and and they use it to funnel people mm-hmm. into. Uh, treatment centers that right. pay them. But the truth is they don't have any real education. Uh-uh. Um, and what they say is a bunch of schlock. Right. And, you know, like if you're, if an addict's happy with you, then you're doing it wrong. If if your addict's mad at you, then you're actually showing them you care about them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that makes perfect I mean, sense. exactly Don't right. baby the addict. Really? Well, well, Dude, I'm going to coddle you. I will burp you well, if that's what it takes. <laughs> Free to find recovery. through this. Yeah. And then we have a lot of these other philosophies and ethos that have shaped what we think recovery should look like. Uh-huh. And because of that, if I think one slip is going to make me a failure, mm-hmm. why am I even going to try? Right. At least the people that I'm using drugs with right. accept me the way I am. Uh-huh. Right? Right. right. So Sorry, true. I just have gone off on a tangent. Uh, on you this, have, but, but I think it's good, and I think it's that this idea of white knuckling our recovery, and like somehow we can just hold on tight enough, and we can make it. And it's just that's not the case. There's a there's a freedom behind letting go. 
I love the words unconditional positive regard when mm. they're strung together. Mm-hmm. Basically, it just means everybody, it just means you have value. Yeah. Period. Have value. You don't have to do something. You don't have to successfully complete treatment. You right. don't have to put down the crack pipe, right. put down the syringe. Mm-hmm. You have value whether you've got 20 years mm-hmm. in recovery. Um, whether your recovery is you taking medication as prescribed or whether your recovery is using a moderation. Mm-hmm. And even if you still have that chaotic use that is completely jacking your life up and you're making a full-time knuckleheaded decisions, guess what? Hmm. Guess what? You still have value? <laughs> yeah. Ching. That's the reality that right. we need. I mean, that's yeah. the dream that right. that I have created now in my recovery world. Uh-huh. Um everybody's recovery doesn't have to match mine. And because I'm okay with my recovery, Mm -hmm. I'm okay with theirs too. Because I'm okay with me not using, Mm -hmm. I'm okay with other people still using. Man, wow. Right? Still, they have value. They have worth. They have worth. And their using doesn't affect my joy. Yeah. I have, I live my life happy, joyous, and free. Yeah. Right? Which I know is overspoken (laughs) and it's one of those slang terms that we throw out. But the truth is, I mean, I love my life. I'm very happy. I'm very Mm. content. Um, Yes, there's things that kick my butt sometimes. uh, Like gaining 40 plus pounds (laughs) in the last three months because I ruptured my uh, Achilles and I had to have surgery. And now, yeah. yeah. But... If I'm happy with where I'm at, why would I sit there and deride somebody, show show angst or anger at somebody, hate mm, on somebody because right. they're using? Is yeah. it maybe because there's a part of me that still wishes I could use too? Ooh, wow. But in my world, I can't use because I have this law that has now been written that I can't do this and be okay. Uh-huh. So I get mad when I see other people that are using and they're okay with it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's this idea that... Um, uh, that something that I wouldn't do just because you do it um, mean, means that you're wrong. Yeah. So obviously you're living your life wrong because you're not living it the way I am. Mm. Right? Are you happy in your life where you're at? Are you happy? Right. Are you happy? Are you content yeah. where you're at? Mm-hmm. Because if you're not happy and content, then maybe something needs to shift or change. But if you're happy and content, why would you be looking at other people trying to find fault? Right. I think it's just a signal that something coming up out of your heart, something that you need to deal with because really nothing others do is because of you. Right. And they talk about poison in the uh-huh. book. They talk about, you know, I have poison and sometimes people, people will, will throw their venom at me. Uh-huh. I heard a lady say it this way. She say, she said, we all have our own bags of crap. Uh-huh. I'll say crap. Uh-huh. Um, and we walk around with our bags of crap and, um, but they're ours, and mm-hmm. it's okay. Now, sometimes somebody will walk up next to you and set their bag down and walk off. Uh-huh. She said, for the longest time, I didn't realize it was a choice to not pick it up. So I good. thought because they set it at my feet, I had to pick their crap up and walk with it too. It's so good. So when somebody throws venom at me, mm-hmm. is it about the dream that they've created and the laws in their world that they're unhappy about because they can't live up to them or because I don't live up to their reality? Yep. So good. So it's not about me. Right. It's about the dream that they've created. Yep. 100%. 100%. That's, <laughs> oh my that's money. I like this. Let's do it. We I like need... this. I thought that we were going to get in here we and actually got talk one about the four agreements. Not even one. But instead, we talked about the dream. The dream. Uh, we talked about this world that we created, the laws we go by. Uh-huh. And sometimes those laws, in fact, a lot of times those laws are really harmful because they may go against our very nature. Right. Right. Yep. Um, but we are brought up to think that this is this box that we have mm-hmm. to conform to because of 
our teachers, mm-hmm. uh, because of our parents, because of our, those people that we looked up to, because right. of maybe the church that we went to, right. um, the synagogue, uh, the lack of church, whatever it is, those things have sculpted and crafted who we are. Mm-hmm. And if it's somebody else's reality and not really ours, it's going to be really hard because we've agreed to these laws. Those are the agreements we have today. Right. Is I've agreed that these things are what is going to be right and good in my life. Hmm. And if those are contrary to my very nature, then I'm going to be a very sad, miserable person. Yeah. And you're always going to be kicking against those goads. You're going to be pushing against. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess the next time that we talk, we'll start talking about the agreements. Maybe we'll make yeah. it through one or two. I think it's a great idea. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, next week, yeah. Uh, we will talk about uh, the, four the four agreements. And my goal, I don't know, maybe we'll get through two of them. Yeah. I like maybe we'll try idea. to shoot two of them do down each week. It might be one. We'll see. Because yeah. I'm verbosious and yes. we both I have like the holler. sticking to stay on topic. Squirrel, what? Yes. I saw it, dude. Yeah. It was right there. Right. Yeah. Yes. So we have trouble staying on, on, on task. And that's perfectly okay in my world. It is. Yes. Mine as well. Um, I actually hope that it makes it better for, I've had li- a couple listeners tell me they actually like it more because there's some energy there. Right, just, like we're not just reading off a script and going, wah, 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 yep, wah, 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 Definitely wah. not. So anyway, this has been a long one, uh, because I really like the information yeah, that we're covering. Nice. I think it is very important. Yes, I agree. I agree. So I hope you have an amazing day. Any last words? Um, I think that, uh, <clears throat> why don't you end by just saying what the four agreements are? First, I want to say, what is your reality? And the four agreements, guys, are you ready? This is what we're going to be talking about. First one is be impeccable with your word. The second one is don't take anything personally. Third is don't make assumptions. Fourth, always do your best. Absolutely. So we look forward to talking to you about at least being impeccable with your word uh, next week on our next podcast. Thanks for joining us. You have an amazing week. And peace. Yeah. In closing, I just want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Please join us every week for new episodes. If you want to connect with us further, if you have any questions, topics you'd like to hear in the future, or maybe you would like to be on the podcast sometime, you can connect with us at betterlifeandrecovery.com. Uh, there's a Better Life and Recovery page on Facebook, or you can uh, we're on Twitter, uh, B-L-I-R underscore N-P-O. Also, this podcast is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about the network at studiodna.media. Thanks a lot. Y'all have a great week. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network? One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network?